feisty, fearless, and fair, telling all sides of the story. This is the Rita Cosby Show. talk about in the Trump various probes. As you know, President Trump taking the fifth in the case with the New York Attorney General, Letitia James. Trump firing back saying that basically he doesn't feel comfortable with anything tied to any of these investigations after what he experienced in the last 24, 48 hours. Think about that. He basically said that she campaigned on the policy of get and destroy Trump. This is a political attack on me, my family, and my great company and her despicable attempt to fulfill that cynical and very corrupt promise. So what's your reaction to the fact that he took the fifth? I didn't expect anything different when I heard that he was going to testify today, especially given all the dynamics, and I'm sure... Every single attorney out there probably would have advised him on that, especially with this unbelievable raid that we're getting more details on. So we're going to talk about that today here on the Rita Cosby Show, talk about some of the politics, and talk about the fact that here it is. The raid has happened now. It's been two days, right? We haven't heard anything yet from the Department of Justice. We haven't heard anything from President Biden. Why are they silent on something like this, as public as this? And, in fact, President Biden's on a little vacation. How convenient is that with Hunter going on Air Force One? Boy, does it not seem like we are in alternate universes as we're looking at all of this. By the way, we have a great show on deck tonight, too, because in about an hour from now, we are going to have great investigative journalist Jenny Tear. Uh, from the Daily Caller, and she was there when a lot of those migrants, a lot of the people who crossed the border illegally, and they got on those buses, courtesy of Governor Abbott and other governors that we're learning about, uh, showing up in New York and also in Washington, D.C., and now the war of words between Eric Adams, the New York City mayor, of course, and Governor Abbott. Governor Abbott basically tapping into his inner Dirty Harry and a few hours ago uh, basically saying, make my day, Eric Adams, if you're going to come down and send New Yorkers to campaign against his reelection bid. He basically says nothing would make him happier than that. And we're going to talk with Jenny Tear about what she saw firsthand when she talked to a lot of these people who got off those buses. That's coming up in the next hour here on the Rita Cosby show. So what do you make of the fact that President Trump did take the fifth today in this case with Letitia James? This was more about the Trump businesses and the Trump finances. And of course, we still haven't heard anything, anything. I find it amazing that it has been now days, plural, since that raid. And we've heard zero from the Department of Justice, from the President of the United States. Everything was like MAGA, MAGA this, ultra MAGA this, ultra MAGA this. And then suddenly there's the raid on the former president's home, his beloved home in Mar-a-Lago. And we're finding out details that they took 12 boxes of items, including a letter 
uh, from Kim Jong-un, Rocket Man, a love letter from Rocket Man taken out like that's the big thing to go raid a compound over. Also a letter from Barack Obama. Maybe was that letter that he left him, remember, in the desk, in the Resolute desk when he left. We assume that that's probably the letter. There probably weren't a lot of other letters between the two guys. But typically, the leaving president leaves one for the incoming one, so it could have been that. Also, there was a napkin, they said, notes on a napkin, a menu. Oh, boy, so far, this really sounds like a reason to raid somebody's home and go through Melania's clothes and everything else. And there are reports, according to Newsweek, that maybe there was a mole at Mar-a-Lago, too, that might have been able to tip off the FBI and tell them certain places to look for where maybe Trump kept certain things. But so far, what we've heard is unbelievable. And even there are people on the Democratic side, there are people within DOJ who are voicing concerns to places like MSNBC, which is not exactly uh, conservative media. And they've been coming out and saying, you know what, it is unusual that now all this time has passed and nobody's saying exactly what was the basis for the search, tell us exactly what it was. Show us the affidavit. And I'm really happy that I heard just in the last hour or two that the president's attorney, President Trump's attorneys, have gone to court asking for a court order to have the full search warrant released. We should all see it, not just the president, of course, and his legal team, but I think the American public should see what exactly was in that full-fledged search warrant, what was in the affidavit that they had to present also to the judge to justify getting the search warrant. Okay, what do you have there? And they should also have a list. After you execute a search warrant, there's a list of exactly what are some of the items that are taken. It has to be pretty specific. It can't be like, hey, we took uh, 12 boxes of just generic stuff. It has to be we took X, we took X. There should be a full accounting, and there should be pretty close to a full accounting by now of exactly what was taken out of the home. And it should be labeled, this was found here, this was found here, this was found here. Some of those are listed pretty specifically. Why does the President of the United States, who suddenly had his home raided from a, because of a love letter from Kim Jong-un, that I promise you a lot of former presidents, first of all, they don't have love letters from Kim Jong-un, they have hate letters, but I promise you a lot of them have kept those kind of letters through the years, and they've never had their homes ransacked and searched. And the more and more you hear about it and the more silence that I hear from the Biden administration, and that includes the DOJ and the people at the FBI, because they try to pretend like they're separate, but boy, they are linked more and more. The fact that you don't put a statement out, to me, this is outrageous. And just a little bit ago, there was a new poll that came out. It said 83% of Republicans are much more inclined to vote now than they ever were before. So this raid has galvanized the Republican Party. It has unified the Republican Party more than anything else because there are so many people out there, even ones who have been critical about President Trump, who find that this was overreaching and outrageous and feel like the Democrats will do anything they can to try to hurt their political opponents. And they're seeing that this is an incredibly political move. 
First off, here is Congressman Jim Banks, by the way, because he was with President Trump last night. And right after he left a meeting with him, this is what he had to say. He said not only is the Republican Party revved up and ready to get out and vote, that also President Trump himself, he thinks that he'll probably announce that he's going to be running for president very soon, according to Jim Banks. That was the sentiment that he got after meeting with the president. Take a listen. I've never seen President President Trump as fired up as what he was tonight. He is not deterred. He's not phased at all by what the DOJ has done to him, an unprecedented move of raiding the home of a former president and not at all explaining to the American people about why they did it. And he also says that the Republican Party is is coalescing beyond uh, just not just the raid, but also coalescing around President Trump big time. Take a listen. The raid uh, unifies Republicans in the outrage. And we're all hearing it from constituents in our districts. I'm hearing it from every Republican colleague in the House that I've talked to today. And I've talked to, to dozens of them today about what happened last night. It unifies us in our outrage to fight back. And if anything, it paves the way for Donald Trump to unify the party once again and run for president. And now we are getting more and more details about a lot of the people behind this, including, by the way, the U.S. archivist who retired uh, a couple months after January 6th. He actually retired, gosh, a little bit ago. But he's really the guy who sort of spearheaded basically this assault on President Trump. And get this, the archivist said that January 6th, 2021, was the worst day of his business, of his tenure as the keeper of the nation's collection memory, the absolute worst. He wasn't even there at the Capitol. And this is the guy who lodged some of the complaint. And he said, he told people, according to various reports, that he was really disturbed when he saw also President Trump leave office soon after January 6th because he said he didn't like what happened on January 6th whatsoever. He was blasting President Trump right after January 6th. This is the 76-year-old archivist who was nominated by President Barack Obama. And he said soon after that he saw the president leave with some boxes of stuff. And when he got onto the helicopter to leave, you know, like the departing shot, and he said... I bet you there's some stuff in there that needs to be returned to the archive. Wait a minute. A president leaving on his last day of office, if you're leaving like your dorm room, you're going to have boxes with you. That was what triggered that there might be an issue with maybe President Trump taking something. Could he have something that maybe belonged to him at the White House? And he said he was so disturbed and so upset by seeing this president who he didn't like because of what happened in January 6th, walking out with a box and suspected that they probably took material to Florida when he was flying away. So that would mean anybody who was ever moving out of one office to another office would be guilty of the same crime. And you have a guy like this who clearly has a grudge against President Trump, who issued a complaint and was upset, and then couple that with the judge who okayed everything, he was an Obama donor. This is the guy who signed off on the search warrant, had to see that affidavit. And he also was linked to Jeffrey Epstein. So there couldn't be any problems there, could there? To me, 
boy, do I smell a fish that could be rotten from its head on a whole bunch of different levels here. It just stinks. And take a listen to Judge Jeanine Pirro talking about all of this. I was a judge. You decide a warrant based upon the application and the affidavit. We know that the FBI has no credibility because the FBI put in affidavits before FISA judges regarding, regarding national security that were based on lies and Trump haters who wanted to make sure that Hillary Clinton won. That same crew that called no. us domestic terrorists, who then lied about making sure Donald Trump wouldn't be president, we're supposed to believe Excuse them. Me. And let me make Christopher Ray is a Trump appointee. Christopher Ray. Christopher Ray is as much a part of the deep state as the rest of them. Now let me explain Where something about from? Christopher Ray. Did not. He was called to answer before Congress. He couldn't answer anything two weeks ago about what was going on in Congress in terms of what he's doing with the FBI, how he's punished any of the people, whether it was McCabe or Strzok or the rest of them. He did nothing. Zero zilch. Wow. How do you really feel, Judge Janine? one 800 848 uh, let's go to Norm. Line one. Go ahead, Norm. Your thoughts. Yeah. Hi, Rita. Um, yeah, my thoughts on this raid after watching the 30 FBI Secret Service agents raiding President Trump, Trump's home are the following. How can a man who was raised in this country, dedicated to our Constitution, do such a thing? Don't they have a free will? Can't they just say no? I think about my dad who oh, served wait, you're in talking, the army. You're in talking about FBI norm. Is that what you're saying? Yes. The guys. That's yes, a little I'm hard. About, I'm talking about the the guys and women, I suppose, with uh, the M4 rifles and the battle jackets uh, raiding our president's home. Yes. Um, I I just can't get like. Don't they have a free will? Can't they say no? Uh, I think about my dad who served in the army in World War II and was ordered to kill the enemy in a place called Guadalcanal and earned a Purple Heart while doing so. Would he raid a former president's home if he was ordered to do it? Um, Now, he's not alive to answer, but I'm pretty damn certain he would not. Yeah, uh, I and, and Norm, I by the way, you know, my dad, uh, my dad obviously was a Polish fighter but loved this country, and my dad would have turned around, but I think – it's hard to say that an FBI agent, you know, the problem too, Norm, that a lot of these guys came from the D.C. office. And okay. that's already an office that seems to have, as we've heard from all the Russia right. hoax and all that. So they may right. have been on the same mindset. I don't we don't know, but I don't know. Right. Well, that's that's no excuse. I mean, I, I'm I, are they the cops or are they the S.S.? Uh, I, I'm sure at least one of the 30 out, of, out there is listening to the show. I'm sure they are. And don't they, I'd like to ask them, don't they have a conscience? Is the 60 to 100 grand they're paying you worth betraying this country? Yes, the DOJ is the, is the fault, but the buck falls on you. Now, that's a powerful comment, Norm. And you know what? I feel a little bit more compassionate for these guys. I hear what you're saying. Because surely there had to have been discussion. And you would think, I would hope, by the way, if America, you know, uh, if they have the the values in their heart, I would hope that there were great debates about this and people who did voice concern. And that'll be interesting to find out, Norm. 
like, were there people that in Washington said, we shouldn't be doing this, sir, you know, or why are we doing this? Um, and voice concern or that were, you know, taken off the assignment because they wouldn't do it or people who, you know, found out that day that they're going there and said, forget it. I mean, we haven't heard any of those reports yet, but boy, will that be interesting to find out if indeed there are ones like that who said that they just do not agree with this. It'll be also interesting if there's any that were there. You know, you know what I found also? The Secret Service, which, remember, always protects the president and former presidents and their families, that they were not notified. Remember, we found out that they got a heads up, but they got like, I think it was like an hour heads up or whatever. It was very brief. So the FBI was kind of like didn't even want to keep the Secret Service in the loop, um, which is an interesting point, that they didn't even want to let them know that they were coming to do this raid. And they let them know last minute, too. So there's a there's a lot of questions, and I'm wondering if we're ever going to hear from one of those agents who was there who's going to go, oh, God, I saw them doing this, and that's when I walked out, or I couldn't believe what I saw, or my bosses told me do it, or I'll get fired. I mean, you, you just, who knows what some of the dynamics are, but that is a really powerful layer, Norm. Thank you very much for the call. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody. What do you make of the fact that, yeah, the FBI has done it, as Norm said, We haven't heard from any of the FBI agents, even privately, Um, and that'll be interesting. We haven't heard from the Secret Service agents even privately either. And what about DOJ and also about the FBI or the president, the current president? We haven't heard from any of them publicly or privately. What's going on? 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. Listening to the Rita Cosby Show, we continue with your calls, everybody. Let's go to Stan on line one. Stan, your thoughts about everything. How are you, rodacious, bodacious Rita? How Thank are you? Thank you, charming, uh, stunning Stan. <laughs> How are you, my all friend? Right, all right, here we go. First of all, it's it's a cool night tonight. It's not hot like yesterday. Thank heavens, right? I mean, it's nice tonight. But there's always heat when you call Stan. So and go ahead. Plenty of heat on the radio. <laughs> Listen, here, all right. What the hell was this Norman just talking about? Explain to me the logic of that conversation. Are they supposed to have, no, the FBI is supposed to have a conscience? Where, I mean, what is this guy talking about? Does he know about anything? What conscience is he talking about? Wait, Stan, hang on, Stan, because Norm is not here to defend himself. Well, so yeah, I'll, I'll, that's fine. Hang on, that's but, fine. But, you but can he, talk for But him. he's clearly saying that agents... Maybe some of them did not feel it's appropriate. I bet there were debates about going. You don't suddenly say, hey, guess where you're going? You're going to go raid the former president's home and somebody doesn't go what? So, you know, he's curious as to why they did it. Did some say this is overreaching, as many people believe? Did they bring up constitutional issues? Did they say, wait a minute, this is for the National Archives Act? I don't remember us ever doing this in our X-year history. You know, I mean, that's a fair point to bring up, at least. That, and I think there probably, I hope that there were some who at least debated it at minimum, right, Stan. Okay, okay. Uh, let, let's understand something. Uh, when they're given a directive that they have to do, go and 
do this. Yeah, they got to follow oh, well, up their orders. Yeah, yeah, no, but I, I, you heard what I said to Stan, I, what I said to Norm, <laughs> Norm, sorry. What I said to Norm is they got to follow the orders, of and, course. And that's the bottom line. Okay, you could say, what? Where are we going? What? Uh, look, the, first of all, uh, conscience, we're talking about the FBI. <laughs> Donald Trump has a conscience, correct? Give me a break. The point is this. You're right. You just said it yourself. When they're given a directive, they have to go and do it. They, many said, wait a minute, what's, you got to do it. They did it. They did it professionally. They went down, did what they were supposed to do, and that's it. Now, as to whether... And, and Stan, do me a favor. Oh, Hang on a second. You can hold on because we got to go to a quick commercial okay, break. We'll continue with you after the break. All right. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. The Rita Cosby Show presents Back the Blue. And in tonight's Back the Blue segment, which I love doing every night here on the Rita Cosby Show, where we honor our great men and women in law enforcement, a powerful story coming from Atlanta, where the Atlanta Police Department released body-worn camera footage from a road rage incident last month. Officers were credited with saving the life of a man who had been shot in the shoulder during the incident. In the video, officers applied a tourniquet to the woman's arm before EMS, rather the man's arm, before EMS arrived. The victim advised officers that he believes the shooting was related to a possible road rage between himself and another driver that escalated to shots fired. The officers can be heard reassuring the man in the video saying, you're not going to lose your arm. The man was transported to a hospital and the incident remains under investigation. And speaking of investigation, what a mess it is at Mar-a-Lago. You just heard from Looney Stan a little bit ago. We're going to continue with him in a moment. Uh, he clearly thinks that everything was above board and that Trump should be investigated six ways to Sunday. Well, if you listen to everything, there are now reports, by the way, in the last few hours, that Wall Street Journal and also Newsweek are saying that there was some sort of confidential informant that was giving information likely that was there at Mar-a-Lago. Isn't that interesting? So maybe some FBI confidential source who was either based in Mar-a-Lago or happened to be there at the time or around that time or soon before, providing information as to where some of these documents that were supposed to be at the National Archives, according to the National Archives, were placed at Mar-a-Lago. So take a listen, because this would not be a surprise to me. I mean, remember, they put people listening in and tapping on Trump's phones they were trying to get him, remember, right before the election in 2016. Jesse Waters remembers that as well. I think Newsweek reported that they had a mole inside Mar-a-Lago, which doesn't surprise me. Remember, they put moles in the campaign 
put moles all over the place. They probably put the mole at Fox, the FBI. is what they do. I don't even believe there was a mole. That's just like a justification to say, oh, someone told me they bought a safe. That's why we went in. And Jesse also suggested, this is interesting, that we should all see the footage. I think it'd be fascinating. Wouldn't that be great? Nine hours of the FBI swooping in on Mar-a-Lago. This is what Jesse Waters had to say earlier on Fox. And I think Judicial Watch just filed a FOIA request, so they have until Monday to explain the DOJ why they did this and show the, the affidavit. The surveillance video at Mar-a-Lago exists, so I think they should release that to show these guys rummaging through Melania's closet. What do you think? The president went in there and, like, stuffed things in her, in her, in her undergarments and, like, sewed documents inside <laughs> of her dresses so they couldn't see it. That is absolutely crazy. And Jesse Waters also talked about the contrast between the way that the Democrats are being handled and President Trump on a basic, routine National Archives search. Take a listen. Let me get this straight. Democrats are so upset about being hacked and all these sensitive materials out there, right? So Hillary gets hacked, and, and everybody has that. Obama's White House got hacked by Chelsea Manning. Uh, gets hacked by, who was the other guy? Snowden. Releases documents everywhere. Uh, Joe Biden's son loses his laptop. That's all out there. His, his daughter's diaries out there for everybody to see. So that's fine. So the Democrats just like throw documents all over the world. Everybody can see it. But Trump has a letter from Kim Jong-un that they have to raid his estate over. Give me a break. Trump should have just lit everything on fire. That's what Crooked did. Whoa. So let's continue with your calls, everybody. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Stan again. Back to Stan on line one. Stan, your thoughts, my friend. Who's loony? That guy is loony. You talk about me. That guy's loony. What the hell does he know about anything? A third-rate journalist that he is. Anyway, the key point is this, okay? Uh, They went in. They got the documents and so forth. So the director had to respond. He did speak today. He was from Oklahoma. I guess you heard him. You probably played him. And he said uh, they will speak when it is time to speak. In other words, we don't want to say even anything now, which I think, well, Stan, uh, they that, is, from the last time Stan, they spoke that is not appropriate. Well, you, how do you, you know read, what's appropriate? Uh, maybe, you to judge Stan, appropriate? Stan, by I the way, be... listen, hang on a second, Stan, because you're clearly not the expert on this. When you listen to people who have been covering DOJ, the Department of Justice and the FBI, for a long time, and I'm talking about people on both sides of the aisle, I'm just saying there are many people that are coming out today that are saying, and these are even some Democrats, too, how unusual it is that they're not even putting out some sort of generic statement. It is unusual. It could even be in writing something. When you go into a president's home, this is unbelievable. This is historic. There's no doubt about that. They should at least put something out. The public, the American public deserves to know because there are many people who are outraged, Stan. It's the right thing to do. And I'd say that if they went into Biden's home, if they went into Hunter Biden's home, they'd have to uh, wear gloves and uh, wear some other things to protect themselves based on what he's doing. But anyway, go ahead. Look, uh, as far as I'm concerned, the FBI and the DOJ will speak exactly when they're ready to speak. Okay, And apparently they've been threatened. 
that's another reason why the uh, director spoke today. That that is that is not American. Okay, you talk about what's American. But and, and, and FBI, I, by the way, and please. also by the way, the judge also I heard who also has done who signed off on the war and apparently has gotten threats. And I agree with you. I do not like that. But Stan, I also don't like the fact. How convenient is it that this DOJ, who claims they're not, this uh, uh, Garland claims he's not political, Stan, but yet when Kavanaugh basically has an assassin show up at his house, now basically did have an assassin show up outside his house, fully armed, he didn't say anything. And he never condemned the protesters that were outside the homes of these Supreme Court justices. He should have said something then. I'm glad he said something about the judge in this case. But, boy, does that look even more political and double standards, because you shouldn't have it anywhere, anywhere. Go ahead. Uh, don't don't you, know, you agree? About By the way, but don't you agree with that? My, my point to you is don't you agree with that, that it's important that these kind of threats should not happen to anybody on both sides of the aisle? Of course, of course. But, you know, you talked about the and the Merrick Garland. Uh, it probably wouldn't have happened with Merrick Garland if McConnell had allowed him to go through and become a Supreme Court justice. We wouldn't be having this problem. But the Republicans stopped it. Of course, you don't want to talk about that little situation. And here's the final point on this. Uh, we yeah, because it was many the, years ago, but go ahead. Oh, yeah, yeah, so so is what you talked about before. Look, what will happen is they will go through the documents. They will make a statement. You may not like it. And hey, wait a minute. I don't know. What's in the documents? The other thing, you made a solid point. If there was someone who told them where the safe was, it must have been a Trump person. It had to be somebody inside. How did they know to look for it? Usually in a wall somewhere hidden. So, as you said, someone leaked it to them and told them. Now, maybe they leaked it to cause the FBI to look bad, or they leaked it for them to tell them, look here, there may be stuff. Either way, that may be absolutely true. I don't know. You made the statement. I've heard that. So we'll find out. But right now, I think the FBI is looking pretty good. Only the right and the Republicans are screaming like animals. Uh, well, I think the right has a reason to be very upset. I think it's outrageous that you go into a president's home, and I think anybody who doesn't see what's going on, that this is political, and so far to take a napkin and a menu, I mean, what we've heard already, that's outrageous. That is so outrageous. I'll give you the last word, Stan, because I love you, and, and you buy me dinner, John. so go okay. ahead. <laughs> i got to go with John one thing. I don't understand. What the hell are they looking for in uh, her dress? Well, I mean, what are you going to do with the dresses? Go on home shopping and sell. Oh, I know. That's what, Stan, that I'm glad you understand. agree on that. that Come is, on. Everything else, I'll argue, but what was the point of the dress? Are we going to see a picture of an FBI agent in high heels? Uh, I don't you know. know but I maybe, mean, that'd be pretty uh, scary. Know, Something may be, but that's, what was that Herbert that, Hoover? Remember Hoover used to didn't Hoover used to dress up in women's well, you, clothes? You, know, you can give you can give the dresses to Norman. Maybe he could. Oh, Stan! No, no, you're tough, Stan. <laughs> I love you. Have, have a good night. Uh, let's go to Eric in Manhattan, Line Seven. Eric, go ahead. Your thoughts, Stan? Stan, is he is he capable of looking at anything objectively, Rita? Um, did you say um, they, Trump was going to make some kind of announcement and they, they, they scramble for these papers to, to get these papers? I just – look, I love watching Trump Wait, I'm confused so what you're I, saying about making an announcement. No, no, no. I, I don't know. No, okay. no, 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 uh, no. No, I'm saying that I'm saying that at this point, maybe you misunderstood what Stan and I were talking about, is that there should be some announcement 
from DOJ oh, no, or the FBI explaining, explaining, exactly, no. And he's put, he put out a written statement. He did put out. He knows every piece of paper that's in there. I, I, I have a feeling like they took the bait, some kind of bait, because they want stuff that they, they're going to need Merrick Garland to lose, like stuff that Adam Schiff held back from the DOJ that he refused to give them. Oh, that's and interesting. Trump, so you think Trump has copies of everything in there? He's not this guy. Trump. I, I wish I could shake his hand. He's not, he's ready for every any single thing they could do to him. There's nothing they could do that he's not ready for. But Eric, did you hear Stan? Stan, who thinks that he knows everything, just said that uh, he just said that it's it's outrageous that he basically thinks they had every reason to go in there. If Stan had clue one, he'd be a Trump Democrat like me. So Stan Stan's funny though. I don't know. He is. There's a, there's a charm about Stan. There is. There is. Yeah. yeah. There is. Eric. Oh, yeah. Garland, they're gonna go ahead. <laughs> no, go ahead. You go, Eric. No, I was gonna say Merrick Garland. You know what they say? Don't lose your records. He's going to lose records. There's stuff that I think I think that's a major part of what they want. Stuff that, you know, they they wanted to take, uh, Schiff refused to give the DOJ stuff about. Oh, you know, someone offering National Guard that kind of thing. It could be that, but um, he, they're going to want him to lose records. He's going to lose stuff. I'm sure. That Maybe is fast. Well, I think you it's know. so fascinating, <laughs> Eric. I think it's fascinating that you're suggesting that he might lose records that wouldn't be good for Biden. Um, and boy, there could be who knows what he's got in there. You're right. He could have had something that could have been interesting, uh, tied to Hunter, tied to business deals, tied to, uh, China and Russia and some of these other things that are going on. Uh, boy, that could be really interesting that suddenly disappear, uh, suddenly aren't around. Um, so there might have been some other reason for the raid. Boy, would that be fascinating if that's the case? That was really interesting. Let's go to BJ. Line six. BJ, your thoughts. Well, uh, it sounds like Stan has a, a little bit of pot that he's smoking these days. Uh, not as bad. It's making his uh, disposition a little lighter. He's yeah, he wasn't. He wasn't like uh, sucking on a lemon. Sometimes he, you yeah. know, I feel like he's like he's like uh, other, like he having a hand grenade for breakfast. You know, him and the other guy that doesn't like me, uh, uh, Teddy. Uh, the, 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 I, he's like a shook up soda bottle every time he talks to you. Uh, but uh, getting to the more to the point. This uh, uh, this is a mafia democracy that's going on now. They they threw away the rule book. Uh, basically, uh, they don't have no they have no clue the damage that they've done to themselves. You know, <clears throat> Donald Trump was in negotiations uh, for discovery since June at least uh, regarding a, what t- type of documents he was going to. And and in the middle of the negotiations, they decided to bust into Mar-a-Lago like gangbusters. And they wrote uh, him a letter, BJ. At one point, there is a letter from the National Archives where they basically wrote to him saying, like, thank you for your cooperation, that you've yeah. been cooperating. So it, it, whatever happened, I, I mean, it, as we are hearing, the more I hear about it, I kept thinking, well, maybe maybe these early reports that it was for the National Archive documents, that that, that just can't be true, you know, or it's a guise for something else. And that could still be that second part. But the first part that now we're hearing, yeah, that it was for National Archive documents, Something that's never happened in the history. Every president takes stuff that belongs that they have to debate whether it's theirs or his. Or they, it, it goes on forever. I have never in my lifetime ever heard, nor has anyone else, of a time that they raided someone's location for National Archive records. I mean, this is like it's like a like a parking ticket, you know. 
and you're going to go in with guns blazing over a parking ticket? This is insanity, BJ. It's ridiculous, but some of them come back for seconds, like Sandy Berger. He stuffs the, apparently he stuffs the, uh, the Bill Clinton's documents down his underwear. Nothing happened to him. You know, I, if Donald Trump did 1% of what he's accused of, conservatives would call him on, call him on it. That, that's the difference between conservatives and the swamp. If Bill Clinton or one of the other Democrats uh, does stuff, they get cheered on and egged on, whether it's Monica Lewinsky, whether it's going into the White House broke and coming out with $50 million, uh, whatever it is. But, you know, cons- that's the difference between conservatives and the swamp. And that includes not just Democrats, in my opinion, but uh, there are rhinos who, in my opinion, they're worse than the, the, the swamp Democrats because they pretend to be on your side when they're really not on your side. They are the Brutus at two. You know, uh, these are the folks that sell you down the river, uh, and there's a whole host of them, starting with Mitt Romney, and we can go down the line, uh, uh, Liz Cheney, Kitchinger, these folks. These folks pretend to be uh, uh, conservatives. They get elected. They never go back to their district. And uh, as far as I'm concerned, uh, this is really a bad situation, what we have now. We have top-down corruption. It really – you know, the fact that these guys are saying, well, we're going to speak when we speak, and Joe Biden claims he he knows nothing about this. He had no clue that this – really, you want me to believe that one? I know. Isn't that – that's such a bunch of hogwash. (laughs) When I heard that, I was like, and how convenient. He's going on vacation, you know? I mean, as if he's not mentally on vacation anyway, you know, but now he's physically going on it, you know, but it, it is astounding. And the fact that they haven't even put out a paper statement, I'm talking DOJ or even from even Biden himself. You know, I mean, you think about all the times that he couldn't wait to chime in when they ask a reporter's question. Remember, it was like he just can't help himself. You know, it's like like he's clearly been told, don't say a word, you know, mom, 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 mom. And if you really didn't say anything, you just go, no, nah, I didn't know anything about it. I didn't, you know. But, like, they're clearly guarding him. They just want to get him out. of So nobody else asks him a question. Then he answers it. Oh, yeah, I was told on Thursday or I was told two weeks ago or, you know what I mean? They're like, oh, no, they're worried about what he is going to say. Because if you look at his track record, there's probably a cue card that says do not say, do not. You know, you can just see it right now. BJ, thank you very, very much. Uh, Let's go to Joseph, line one. Joseph, your thoughts. Uh, really quickly, with regard to the weaponization of both the judiciary and the law enforcement agencies, how they're targeting people for political as opposed to forensic reasons, excellent book on the subject, The Culture of Critique by Dr. Kevin McDonald. And he goes into basically the way that you know, basically the left wing is going to actually carry out their transformation of the United States into a third world cesspool. Well, and we look, and Joseph, we look like a banana republic right now. A third world, sadly, is right. I mean, this is the kind of stuff that does happen in third worlds and banana republics in communist countries where they suddenly like raid the location of a, of somebody who's criticized the leader. I mean, it happened, it happened in China. Remember the guy who was criticizing the Chinese leader? Even though he was a well-known guy, suddenly he kind of disappeared for like a year and came back and said, oh, yeah, I love the Chinese leader. I love him. I love him. You know, it's not supposed to happen in our country. And, in fact, 
It is backfiring, guys, because some of the new polls are showing that Republicans are rallying around Trump big time. And people who have talked to Trump in the last day or two have said that they believe he is even more determined to run than ever before. Boy, Stan is going to have heartburn over that one. We're going to continue with your calls, everybody, after the break. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show. And I get no satisfaction when I hear more and more details about this raid that took place at the Trump compound. I'm happy to hear again that the Trump attorneys have now asked the court to basically try to get a release of the full search warrant to try to get those mixed things. I think they showed them part of the search warrant, but they weren't able to keep it, according to one of the attorneys. Whatever it was, it doesn't sound like they got anything extensive and they were shown it on a computer or something, but they weren't getting the full thing. They never got the affidavit that justified why there even was a search. They never got an accounting of what was taken. Uh, usually these warrants, they're pretty lengthy, but what you show at first could just be like, here's a couple lines, here you go. Okay, now we're going in. That's what it sounds like it was. And they basically told the attorneys to stand back, that they're not allowed to, quote, even observe. I mean, there are some really serious questions here. Let's see the surveillance video. That would be really interesting that Jesse Waters was suggesting a little bit ago that we play. That would be fascinating. Let's see what's on the videotape. And by the way, speaking of videotape, coming up in the next hour, we are going to have the great investigative journalist Jenny Tare is going to be joining us. She has some amazing footage of migrants that were coming to New York and D.C. and elsewhere and find out what she says as to why they were coming. And were they really forced on the bus? Uh, or did they go happily on the bus? And why did they come? There's some really interesting eye-opening comments from these migrants and also stunning numbers as to how many people are crossing what is clearly an open border. It's amazing. We got an open border. We got skyrocketing crime. We got Ukraine. We got China. And, boy, they think the biggest thing, according to Democrats, is getting the menu and the letter from Kim Jong-un inside of Mar-a-Lago. Our priorities had a whack or what? Wow. Uh, let's go to Peter. Peter, your thoughts. Online aid. Pete, your thoughts. Go ahead. Good evening, Rita. Okay. I wouldn't have to defend Norman because he can defend himself, but I just want to tell Stan, you're a smendrick, and that's in a Jewish term. I'm 45 years. I'm married to my wife. She's Jewish, and I raised my daughter. Now, I don't Jewish. find you know, Pete. I don't know. I don't if it's a four-letter word. Don't repeat it. I don't. No, I know what a mensch is, but what's a smendrick? I have my wife Renee give the definition. No, it means a fool or an nincompoop. Oh, okay. All right. All right. So, all right. By the way, I, I think I've called that to stand and worse. <laughs> but uh, and 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 Norm is great. Norm doesn't need any defense because he he's always got some good stuff there. We love Norm. And if I had to have, if I was in a fight and I had to have a tag team partner, he'd be the guy because he's gutsy. 
He's kind and he's brilliant. I mean, absolutely brilliant. I could talk to him for hours. Now, Pete, what and Pete and Pete, we just have a little bit of time because I, I love Norm okay. too. I agree with you on that, my friend. So, what do you think okay. about uh, about this Trump raid? Oh, it's it's terrible. You know, they took the safe. They broke in a safe. They're supposed to seal the safe and take it out for evidence, not open it. What about them? I heard four people got a brilliant. Uh, 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 Alan Dershowitz said the same thing that I told you two nights before. What if they plant something? Yeah, how are they going to know? And that's one of the big issues that you don't know, and you don't know what they took, what they didn't take. Are you going to trust what it all says? We're going to continue about this after the break, too. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. We're going to continue talking about the raid on Mar-a-Lago. Also, President Trump taking the fifth today and lashing out, understandably, against Letitia James, the New York Attorney General. And also the new numbers showing that it looks like more and more Republicans want him to run. So it doesn't seem to be working, President Biden and Merrick Garland and also Christopher Wray. But we'll continue with your calls on that and a lot more after we continue talking about another big topic, because there are so many discussing what's been happening with these migrant buses and the ones that are showing up in Washington, D.C. The mayor of D.C. was not happy about it. And then, of course, in New York, we heard from Eric Adams, who said he has had it up to here with Governor Greg Abbott. And in just a few minutes, we're going to have great investigative journalist Jenny Tear of The Daily Caller, who spoke with some of the people on the buses. And to find out why they came here, were they really tricked? Uh, are they excited to be in America? And who do they credit with making it to New York and D.C. and elsewhere? She has some blockbuster reporting that we're going to talk about and share some of the interviews that she did with some of the migrants firsthand Meantime, some of the numbers are stunning of people that have crossed our border. Border Patrol agents have encountered a record number of 1,853,837 migrants as of a few days ago. You know, it's a lot more even since then because they keep on coming and coming and coming. And that's since October. That is a record number as we continue to hear from this administration saying, no, 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 the border is not open. Trust me, it's secure. It's great. We're talking about the search of President Trump's home, again, over documents. And meanwhile, we got close to 2 million people since October crossing into our borders. These are the ones that we know about, that they encountered. These aren't even the ones who are on you know, that are on the Godaway list. And a lot of people believe, like, maybe slice that in half, another million maybe on the Godaway list. Boy, is that scary stuff. And yet they're focused on what's on a napkin or a love letter from Kim Jong-un at Mar-a-Lago. And you got the border and you got terrorists coming through. People are on the terrorist watch list, at least 50, as we know it, in the last fiscal year. So this is getting scary stuff. 
And now they are turning to Clint Eastwood. Take a listen. Go ahead. Make my day. I love when Clint Eastwood says that. He is so great. He's fantastic. I met Clint Eastwood a couple years ago. I was like, oh, my God, it was so fantastic. He is so great. And that is the message that is coming from now Texas Governor Greg Abbott, because it has turned into a huge war of words between him and Mayor Eric Adams. Take a listen to what Governor Abbott had to say when he found out that Eric Adams said, you know what, oh, I can't believe you keep sending these migrants to us. I think it's a great message, by the way, that he does it. But Eric Adams says, oh, you know, this is terrible. You're using them. This is un-American. You shouldn't be sending them to New York. And if you do, we're going to send people down to Texas to campaign against you. And in classic Governor Abbott style, this is how he responded. You know, I kind of feel like Clint Eastwood. Go ahead, Mayor. Make my day. Uh, There could hardly be anything better uh, to aid my campaign against Beto O'Rourke than to have Beto O'Rourke have his campaign aided by a bunch of New Yorkers that will not be viewed very positively in the state of Texas. Candidly, the only thing better than that is what has already occurred, and that is Beto has received a million dollars from George Soros. Uh, This is a campaign by Beto that's being run by people outside of the state of Texas, This race is about Texans, and Texans are fed up with what the Biden administration has done on our border, the chaos that has caused, the damage that has caused in the state of Texas, and that is exactly uh, why we are sending these illegal immigrants to places like Washington, D.C. and New York City. Go ahead. Make my day. I don't know. Who said it better? Governor Abbott or Glenn Eastwood? I think Clint was a lot better. He could have had a little bit that deeper voice when Clint did it. Let's let's hear Clint again, because. Go ahead. Make my day. And I love it, because this is the same Beto O'Rourke that he's referring to, and of course Eric Adams too, but in the Beto O'Rourke, this is the guy who said he was going to take every gun away from every law-abiding citizen in Texas, and then when he realized it wasn't a good political comment he said oh no 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 i didn't really mean that i didn't really mean that and now george soros backing him by a million bucks well this of course comes after eric adams basically said he's going to take the fight to abbott take a listen i already called all of my friends in uh texas and told them how to cast their vote and uh i am deeply contemplating taking a busload of new yorkers uh, to go to texas and do some good old-fashioned door knocking uh, because we we have to, for the good of America, we have to get him out of office. All right, so there Eric Adams shows up what, in his nice suit, the earring in his ear, and he shows up, says, Hi, I'd like you to vote for Beto O'Rourke. They would be like, uh, Son, uh, you know, you look like a city slicker, you know. They would be like, this doesn't look like, uh, doesn't look like you're from, uh, like you're a farmer. You know what I mean? You're a rancher. Oh my gosh. Can you just imagine that they all come? You know, come on down. Is he going to bring, you know, his, like his, you know, his rapper pals and everybody else? That's going to be a big hit there too. Oh my goodness. What a crazy scene. This is really getting good though. I love the war of words between the two of them. And meantime, Brandon Judd with the National Border Council says that this is all such a ruse by these liberal mayors. Take a listen, because he says these folks on the buses, they're coming to get a better life. 
Everyone should be concerned. Republican, Democrat, other, everyone in this country should be concerned when the Department of Justice has been weaponized against American citizens, and in this case, by the Biden administration against their political opponents. I mean, look what they're doing in Washington. It's not just this, but they want to they want to get 87,000 more IRS agents uh, with a bill we're going to vote on on Friday. Uh, think about that for a second. Those 87,000 agents, the IRS is going to be, you can't tell me the IRS is not going to be weaponized against conservatives just the way it was under Barack Obama. Everyone should be concerned with this abuse of power. And that was not Brandon Judd, but that's all right. The point was a good one because they definitely will be weaponized against many people in the United States. Meantime, let's play Jenny Terror because Jenny is coming up in one second. But I want to play a couple little clips here because this is her interviewing some of the migrants to see if they were indeed being tricked to get onto a bus. And, of course, that's been the allegation that these people are, quote, being used as pawns, being shipped from Texas to New York and D.C. and elsewhere. And here's just a little bit of the conversation. Take a listen. Muriel Bowser has said that migrants are being tricked into getting on buses from the southern border to come to the nation's capital. I'm heading to Union Station right now. It's about 5 a.m., and we're going to see if that's true or not. No, no me obligaron en, en nada en absoluto. Me prestaron la ayuda, la colaboración para yo llegar de hasta aquí, hasta Washington. Me llevaron a un refugio, el cual me trataron muy bien y me ofrecieron el pasaje de aquí para Nueva York. La mejor es de Washington y Nueva York, dice el autobús no va a andar. O sea, que no es voluntario. And she just said, no, 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 I came voluntarily. I came voluntarily. Well, joining us now to talk about all of this and to find out what they were telling her firsthand is great investigative journalist from The Daily Caller, Jenny Tear. Jenny, great to have you with us. Great to be here. Thank you for having me. You know, Jenny... Talk about what they were saying. I speak Spanish, so I was understanding what they were saying. You were doing a good job there with them. Um, What did they tell you firsthand? Yeah, they were telling me openly that they had been offered um, the bus if they wanted to go to the East Coast, to Washington, D.C. They knew exactly where it was going. They consented to the bus. And they got on and they were heading, uh, their next stop was to New York City because at that point they said the shelter here told us uh, we could uh, go to a shelter in New York City and that there would be aid for uh, us migrants, for our family. You know, there were two families that were traveling, one mother and her son. Uh, They were from the Dominican Republic and then the other family, which you played the sound from, was from Venezuela, uh, a mother, a father, and their three kids. Where are most of them coming from? You mentioned these were from the Dominican Republic. Where are most of them coming from? And what's their reaction that they're now in this country? And obviously, well, you know, given a court date, you assume, uh, but who knows where they're going to go? Right. So most have a court date, which is the notice to appear form. They are crossing from all over the world. I've seen migrants recently down in Yuma just in the last couple of months uh, crossing from countries like Russia and Belarus, China, India, and Nepal. 
And of course, we, we still see large groups of Central American migrants from Guatemala and Honduras. And we see a lot of migrants now from Colombia, Venezuela, Cuba, uh, as well as um, some other countries in that region. Um, that that continues for sure. And also, it'll be interesting to see what happens now that the Department of Homeland Security has announced that Remain in Mexico has ended. Um, that was a program used to expel migrants to Mexico as they await their court dates. Um, so it'll it'll definitely be interesting to see how that plays out. But again, these migrants are are coming here. They are getting released under Title Eight orders, like you said, with the court dates. And then they are hoping to get, you know, more aid in cities like New York City, which while the mayor, you know, complains about the migrants coming there, he does have a pretty open policy towards them and kind of like this sanctuary city mentality uh, while he's doing that. Yeah, it's interesting because he's not saying don't send them here. He's just saying federal government, give me some funds so I can take care of them here. Um, so it's it's really what do you make of this sort of war of words and the make my day statement, you know, from Governor Abbott and the back and forth between him and obviously Muriel Bowser in D.C. and Eric Adams in New York. Um, what what are people saying about the fact that they are putting them on these buses and now suddenly uh, the issue that you have seen firsthand by being in the border so much now it's coming to every city across the country? That's exactly what's happening. You know, when this was happening, um, you know, over the last couple of months, I've just been talking to officials down at the border. So different mayors and sheriffs and some of the ranchers about this. And as this war of words was happening, they were telling me, well, gosh, my response to these uh, complaints from Mayor Adams and Mayor Bowser is just, you know, welcome to my world. This is just you know, a day in my life, uh, barely. I mean, you mentioned the reporting we had on the over 1.8 million migrants since October. Uh, that's something the uh, the border cities and have to deal with on, you know, a, a daily basis. That number, you know, spread across the last few months. Um, compared to the a few weeks, uh, you know, I guess a couple months now, actually, uh, the Abbott has been sending buses and now and Governor Ducey as well. Um, you know, that's been just a, a few thousand migrants uh, that these cities that actually have a lot more resources, technically a lot more funding, um, you know, and a lot more people and other things uh, compared to cities like Del Rio, Texas or Eagle Pass, Texas, some of the poorest cities and counties in the United States having to deal with way more, way worse. So, uh, you know, they're, they're just, you know, kind of offended by it, honestly, and, and they see it as very hypocritical. Yeah, 1,000 percent. By the way, what's the morale of the people there on the border, uh, since you've talked to a lot of them, least, you know, recently, uh, Jenny Terror? What are, they, what are they saying, you know, the, the border agents? Because when they're dealing with this kind of number, I, I mentioned, too, it doesn't even include the gotaways, these numbers that you reported, which is stunning because we don't know how many. Um and we still have Mayorkas with the Biden administration saying it's secure. He just said that back in July, which is just stunning. Um, how are they holding up and, and what are they expecting now with the remain in Mexico, as you aptly said, has ended? Yeah, I mean, they're not holding up. They're they're breaking apart. Um, you know, the 
minute they can retire now, these agents are just dropping from the force. They just can't take it anymore. It's not the job they signed up for. And Border Patrol is is openly recruiting and trying to really get people by offering a lot of different incentives. They've tried to recruit retired agents back to the force. They've tried to, you know, use some bonus money uh, for, you know, a sign-on bonus and things like that. They're really, really trying right now because it is a huge problem. The morale of the force, these agents are often, you know, going down to the line, going down to the front line of the border. They're outnumbered by the number of migrants they're having to process. There's maybe two agents for a group of 100 plus. Um, They're having to deal with a lot of different things. When I was down there recently, I saw, um, you know, a lot of chaos between the migrants. You know, they're in very desperate situations. It's hot down there. They haven't eaten. They don't have water. And they just want to get to processing as soon as possible. And some of them have been waiting for days. And, uh, you know, they, they're they fighting over who's cutting the line. And then they're yelling at the Border Patrol agents. And the Border Patrol agents are trying to control this group of 100-plus people. And you can imagine that's a very stressful situation. You don't know how it's going to end up. Um, you haven't searched everyone. You don't know what possible security risks are. They haven't technically, you know, gotten into your custody yet. Um, so there's all these different potential risks as part of the job. Um, and also just the fact that it's it's not the job they were initially set out to do. Yeah, that is just so disheartening. They're like babysitters, basically dealing with all of these layers and it just keeps coming and coming, and it looks like the Biden administration is doing everything they can to keep that flow coming. Like you said, they push for the remain in Mexico. Uh, we know they were pushing for the the lifting of Title 42. I mean, there's so many of these things where it's just, it is really, really stunning. Um, well, Jenny Tear, great work, and keep us posted. You do such great work there covering the border um, and covering the immigration issues, and we always love having you here on the Rita Cosby Show. Thank you so much for being here. Thank you. Thanks so much. And everybody will take your calls after the break. You just heard these stunning numbers from Jenny and what she was experiencing and seeing firsthand on the border. And yet we have Mayorkas and the Biden administration saying, no, it's secure. 1-800-848-9222. 1-800-848-9222. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. And Governor Abbott pulling a little Clint Eastwood with a message to Eric Adams. Here it is. Go ahead. Make my day. Sounds a little more like Clint Eastwood than Governor Abbott, but that was pretty good. (laughs) Clint Eastwood, of course, in his famous films. And that's what Abbott is basically saying. Yeah, if you want to bring down people to campaign against me because you don't like these buses of migrants coming, well... Bring it on, baby, just like Clint Eastwood said. Let's go to Mike on line eight. Mike, your thoughts about all this? Oh, I really, yeah, I think the mayor is going to send down a Black Lives Matter in Antifa, but not only is he going to make it the the governor's Abbott's day, but he's going to make all the 
all the bikers that I know down there, and they all ride with holsters with rifles on their on their front end. They're gonna make their day. So send your Black Lives Matter. Wait, 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 Mike. Wait, wait, wait. Hey, two things. First off, Mike, I hope you're not suggesting that uh, they would uh, uh, put it this way. I think that they would. See that somebody's a sick, a city slicker. I'm not sure where you're going with all this, but I will say that, you know, he comes down in a fancy suit and says, Hey, I'm from New York. I don't think anybody in Texas would like anybody in New York telling them what to do. You know, Texas, uh, they got the big old boots and they got the big old puffed out chest and say, you know, what are you, what are you talking about, city slicker? Can you imagine? That's where I'm coming from on that one. Uh, real quick, uh, Jimmy in Brooklyn. Go ahead, Jimmy, real quick. Frances Fox Pivens, well known. She's with the KGB. Oh, she's dead now, but she had been with the KGB Front Group Institute for Policy Studies. She said at a public meeting I was at, at another comment. Yeah, real place, quick, real quick, She Jim. said we're going to get the changes we want, largely through minorities and immigration. Rita, please, I love you. I, I trust you're totally patriotic. Please don't laugh as we're being destroyed. This is serious. Oh, no, and Jim, funny. Jim, I am just laughing about the make my day comment. I'm not laughing about what's happening because I agree with you. It is no laughing matter. This is the Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. The Rita Cosby Show presents Support Our Heroes. And in tonight's Support Our Heroes segment here on the Rita Cosby Show, a beautiful story coming from Wabash, Indiana, where a World War II veteran is being honored for his service to our country and to the Indiana community. 98 years old, George Dingletty served 33 months of active duty in the Pacific Theater during World War II. He has been in his local Rotary Club, forget the 64 years, and once served even as the mayor of Wabash, Indiana. Indiana Governor Eric Holcomb honored Dingletty this week with the Sagamore of the Wabash Award, It is the highest honor regularly bestowed by the governor there and goes to someone who shows dedication and service to the state of Indiana. And how beautiful to see this World War II veteran now 98 years old honored for his great service. Well, we are also talking tonight, of course, about President Trump, as a lot of details are coming out about the background of the raid, but still mums. From DOJ, we're not hearing anything from the FBI um, in terms of any substance whatsoever about this. President Trump is, of course, blasting the raid and also blasting Letitia James. But he has a lot of Republicans in his corner speaking out on his behalf, including Senator Rand Paul, who says that the next step should be to go after A.G. Garland. Take a listen. Without question, I think the uh, the, the uh, order to allow the raid on, on Mar-a-Lago on Trump's house be revealed. I think we have to know, you know, under what pretense do they think this is right. I think it's going to have to wait till November till there's a full investigation. And I've never been a fan of overusing impeachment, but uh, I think there has to be an investigation. And if it warrants it, there's going to have to be a look at whether or not the attorney general has misused his office for political purposes. Have they gone after a political opponent? I mean, this is this is beyond the pale. 
No one would have ever imagined before that we would be using or one one political party would be using the FBI to attack their political opponents. Now, this this is really something that's going to require investigation. And I wouldn't be surprised if the investigation leads to abuse of power, that this could even lead to an impeachment of the attorney general. Wow. Rand Paul saying there could be an impeachment of the attorney general and the issue of government overreach has now become front row and center. This is really galvanizing people. And even in the last 24 hours, the issue of is the government overreaching on the Democratic side? I mean, you think about it with them spending $80 billion. They're about to vote for it on Friday for 87,000 new IRS agents. Isn't that wonderful? And now you're hearing that the President of the United States home is raided? Well, Republicans think that this is going to be a huge issue to bring up against the Democrats who are supporting all of these initiatives. And now today, President Trump is taking it from every different direction. I mean, not only is he dealing with what happened down in Florida, he also was deposed today. As we all know, this was in the civil case by New York Attorney General Letitia James, who from day one said her objective was to get President Trump and basically see him behind bars. So how is her comments in the past not political? Hasn't it basically sullied the entire credibility of that investigation? If you go out there and you say, listen, my job is to take down President Trump, uh, does that sound like someone who walked in with an open mind? Here's some of her past comments, by the way. Take a listen. He built his wealth off the backs of New Yorkers. We need to focus on Donald Trump and his abuses. We need to follow his money. We need to find out where he's laundered money. All of those transactions have happened here in New York City. Tell this president and every other individual that no one is above the law. Running for attorney general because I will never be afraid to challenge this illegitimate president when our fundamental rights are at stake. A legal system where even the most powerful in the country cannot use a loophole to evade justice. We must do our job to ensure that the man currently occupying the Oval Office is held accountable to any and everything he has done. Wow, that was Letitia James. Those are just some of the things she said. Well, it's no wonder that when President Trump today went for the deposition. Again, that's the civil investigation. It's like, well, you don't think there's any coincidence with the timing of all these things? I don't. So you look at it, and he put out a statement saying, listen, the reason I took the fifth when he testified, and there are reports that he took the fifth like 400-plus times, uh, 440-plus times, according to multiple reports, because once you take the fifth, you have to keep taking the fifth. So every single question that comes after that is, I take the fifth, I take the fifth. I think they have to state it on each one. So... There were at least 440 questions, I guess you could say. And so we took the fifth on each one. And so now people are saying, well, why did you do that? Well, President Trump put out a statement today saying Letitia James is a failed politician who has intentionally colluded with others to carry out this phony years-long crusade that has wasted countless taxpayer dollars all in an effort to prop up her political career. And he brings up the fact that even before she ran for this post, she was bashing President Trump. And while she was running, she basically said as part of her platform is that she plans to go after and get President Trump. So how does that sound like somebody who went in with a fair premise? No wonder he took the fifth. 
And I would have been surprised if he had answered any questions. What do you think? I'm not surprised whatsoever. And given all the dynamics of the raid, and that's what he said, you know, given what just happened recently in Florida and everything else, that all of this has just kind of reinforced to him what he has felt about these people and the way that they are after him. And he said that this is just clearly part of, I'm not going to be part of this basically witch hunt, this basic scam. So I understand where he's coming from. I think every single attorney in this country would say, take the fifth. There's no reason. They're trying to trap you. Look what they were doing at your home. And things, I guess, are so obvious that the CNN legal analyst, Ellie Honig, had this to say. I do think it's worth noting here, John. Letitia James has politicized this investigation. She campaigned on vote for me and I'll nail Donald Trump. She has fundraised on it. So that's not a ridiculous fear for him to have. It's not ridiculous because of that. You're right. And prosecutors should know when they take the job, they need to be more careful about talking about politics. Very interesting. And again, that's on CNN. That's on CNN. What are your thoughts, everybody, about the president taking today the former president, the Fifth Amendment, not answering, and the fact that what a surprise. They go and raid his home, and then two days later, he's supposed to be deposed, and then now you know that we haven't heard a thing from this president who swears, according to the White House, that he got no tip off of it whatsoever. Does anybody believe that? 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Valeria in Florida. Go ahead, Valeria. You're here on the Rita Cosby Show. Good evening, Rita. Nice to talk to you. I recall the uh, prosecution of all the uh, the Gotti, you know, all the, you know, Gambino, this and that, and all the prosecutors in the FBI, they went by the book. They had integrity back then. And they did it mainly because they knew that the defense attorneys would run ripshod in them and motion hearings to dismiss. And it's just it's just um, so telling how far we have fallen that mafioso and their attorneys get more respect. And they and, you know, the criminal justice system goes by the book back in the day from mafioso that created so much havoc in New York. And they do this to Donald Trump. With no criminal record. Now you're in Florida. Where are where are you in Florida? I'm in Broward County. I'm not far from Mar-a-Lago. And what's your reaction that it happened in your state? I mean, this is stunning. Well, I've got a couple of feelings about that. I think someone wanted to do him a favor and and be ethical and do it when he was in Bedminster because if they did the early morning raid like they did Roger Stone. Or if they, you know, did something crazy early in the morning and frightened Barron or Melania, I'm really glad that happened. And that might not have been by act. They might not have been on purpose. That might have just been an oversight. But there's something that's there's something that's stuck in their craw that they wanted to do it now. And there's the judicial watch information, and they they're desperate. Because, you know, primary people that were supported by Trump have won their primaries and they're desperate. And they also they hate him and they're they're out for revenge because, like I said, I remember the mafioso trials. I remember Rudy Giuliani. I'm an attorney. I could never do. I would have my license. Uh, I would be uh, branded. You know, we don't do things like that. Attorneys, I never did crim. I didn't do a lot of criminal. I did very small, you know, misdemeanor criminal to help people. You know, I did a lot of low-income people, and but I did a lot of civil 
And sometimes civil is not civil. But this was a civil case. This was not a criminal case. Yeah, this was National Archives. I mean, that's the thing that's – and Valeria, as an attorney, did you hear also what uh, Rand Paul, I was just playing, he was saying that there needs to be an investigation of this, and he believes it could lead to actually, just like you're saying, the overreach, it could lead to even the impeachment of the attorney general because he clearly had to sign off on this. And unfortunately, disbarment. And what a way to go. What a way to end a legal career. But there's so many attorneys that do that. Cohen, Avenatti, Bill Clinton. He lost his license. Remember? Yeah, I was I was just trying to remember. You're right. That's right. That's right. Isn't you know that what? interesting? You're right. I've, I've, I've seen the dirty tricks as a civil trial attorney. I've seen it. Thank God I've never seen it in a criminal. I've had cops and prosecutors that were, you know, that, you know, worked with me. You know, uh, and and that was good. But what I mean, I just remember being enthralled with the Rudy Giuliani and bringing down all of those mafioso that really wreaked havoc in New York because I used to live in New York City. Yeah, used to live in New York City in the late seventies. And you're right; he absolutely cleaned it up, Valeria. He absolutely did. Well, thank you. What an interesting call. Thank you, and especially hearing your perspective as an attorney there down in Florida. Wow, that was really interesting. Let's go to Dom in Minnesota. Dom, your thoughts? Yeah, hi, Rita. First of all, I want to say it takes a person the strong character to be stand-resistant. Just a little stand-resistant for you. <laughs> stand-resistant. You know what? I, You know, Dom, I love hearing from all sides. And to me, you know, it's America. And I said to everybody, you're not going to be canceled on my show. Even if I don't agree with you, I'll let you know. But I welcome everybody, and that's part of the fun of it, you know? And that's, and that's the reason why I keep listening to you, because I listen to a lot of different talk show hosts, and a lot of them are angry and bitter at people that they don't, uh, that don't, that don't agree with them. You are unique in the, in the radio. I mean, you are, you, are the, you, know, you are the queen of radio talk show. I can give you that. <laughs> Thank you, Tom. Uh, I appreciate anyway, it. Yeah. Anyway, I called to say why the FBI, even after 48 hours, are, you know, like they are not coming up in anything. Remember, in addition to the 15 boxes they took, they also raided Trump's safe. And I'm willing to bet probably it was full of pictures of Hunter smoking crack, which is why they're not opening up. Oh, we can't show this. (laughs) Or or we got to get that. We got it right. Right. Boy, wouldn't wouldn't you love to know, like, what Trump, because of all the – you know, stuff that's been pulled on him, uh, what he might have had on others. Just like you said, it'd be interesting if they were like looking for stuff to, uh, oh gosh, we got to get rid of this. We got to get rid of that. Uh, I didn't want to find that. And you know, people who haven't been raided by the FBI, I can give you like pedophile Jeffrey Epstein, Hillary Clinton, Hunter Biden, and Eric Swalwell sleeping with a Chinese spy. These guys have never been held accountable. So I'm just wondering, I mean, uh, come November, I'll be looking for a show that I'll pay top dollars to go see in Congress. Yeah, boy, boy, is it going to be interesting if the Republicans get the House. Maybe we will finally get some answers on a lot of stuff um, and on a lot of people, too. Boy, that's why they are panicking now. And this is backfiring, too. Dom, thank you. You are so awesome. I always love getting your calls. Thanks so much. Let's go to Jerry, line two, in New Jersey. Jerry, your thoughts. Hi, Rita. I love your show. Rita, I'm concerned for President Trump's life right now. All my friends are sitting around and we're talking about everything. 
he's being uh, with the Secret Service. They work for the FBI. How can we trust them that they, they may take him out? I think he should get his own security. What do you feel about that? Wow. Well, by the way, I feel like the Secret Service folks, at least the ones that I know, and I've known a lot of them through the years, I think um, that, you know, the ones I know are very noble and I think will protect the president, the former president, with their lives because that's literally what they're supposed to do. And I actually have a lot of trust in the Secret Service. Now, some of the Washington FBI guys, which are different than the Secret Service, those now I have a couple questions. I never felt that way. And that's so sad, Jerry. And not to do that, not to do harm, but, you know, doing some, you know, political comments that I'm concerned about because we've already seen that. Look what happened with the phony dossier and all that stuff. Remember where they signed off? It's like it's like I can see, sadly, politics coming into play with a lot of the FBI agents, not all of them, because I know some really great ones there, too. But they're definitely, sadly, you know, we've seen in the last few years just this really, uh, you know, heavy political kind of, you know, unseemly layer that's leaked into the FBI. Remember the whole Lisa Strzok and her boyfriend and they were going back and forth saying we're never we don't want to ever see this president get elected. We don't I mean, that's not their job. You know, that is not their job. Um, so that to me is really sad. But I do think I'm sure Trump is is watching his own security just in general, you know, because the stakes are so high right now. There's always a lot of security against the former president, um, but he probably is having some of his own folks there, too, just to be extra careful, not because of some inside. But I just think, you know, it's just such a sadly divisive time. And I'm sure he gets threats just like a lot of the other high profile people do. To Jerry, thank you. You're great to talk to. Thanks so much. Let's go to uh, let's go to uh, Devin in Brooklyn. Go ahead, Devin. Your thoughts. Hello. Hey, Devin. You're here. Go ahead. You're on the Rita Cosby Show. Your thoughts. Oh, okay. I just want to say I really don't understand the fascination that people have with uh, President Trump. Okay. Um, he really doesn't care about any of the people, uh, anyone but himself. You know, he lies. He, um, I mean, the, a, a lot of the death of the COVID that we happened, we had is because of him lying to people. He's been caught on tape, re- recorded saying that, you know, uh, belittling the, the COVID as not being so serious and all that, you know, not emphasizing uh, masks and all that. You know, that's how come we have a lot of people that died. Hey, wait, uh, Devin, two things. Hang on, two things. First off, he was the one who was pushing for Operation Warp Speed to get the vaccines. And, you know, regarding if you look at all the stuff out there, he was pushing big time to get answers. And he was pushing with China. I mean, the current president right now gets on the phone with China and doesn't even ask him about the coronavirus or the Wuhan lab. Like he doesn't care. I mean, I'm just saying, you know, there's there's, you know, uh, you know, we have a president right now who doesn't seem to want to take on anybody who's an adversary. I mean, don't you have issues with the current president when you look at what's going on? And I think the fascination with Trump, separate from however you personally feel about him, don't you think it was overreaching going into his home over a paper records request when that's never happened in American history? I mean, and I would say the same thing, Devin, by the way, if it was Biden or if it was anybody. I just think it's an outrageous 
You know, it's like you're going in over a parking ticket, you know? I mean, I'll give you the last word on that because separate emotions, just the facts look pretty bad right now in terms of the way it was executed. Trump is a criminal. I mean, everything that comes out of his mouth is a lie. But that's just because I mean, you don't like him, Devin. Devin, no, if you don't no, listen, no, De- I, Devin, don't Devin, like the him. Constitution works for everybody. And the fact that Hillary Clinton was able to erase 33,000 emails and didn't have her home searched, and now President Trump... Because records from the National Archives that they claim, and apparently, according to the Trump side, they were cooperating with. I mean, there's something. Yeah, there's something that smells really bad here, Devin. You got to admit it. Separate then your emotion. The facts are the facts, and they don't look good. It looks like overreach. One eight hundred eight four eight nine two two two. The Rita Cosby Show. And you are listening to the Rita Cosby Show. We continue with your calls, everybody, as we are talking about President Trump and details of the raid. We also know, by the way, uh, that the Trump team has now uh, tried to get a court to basically force the government to hand over the official search warrant with the affidavit, like what was the justification for this raid, all the details of what they took, a full accounting, because they don't know what they took. And also, boy, it'd be interesting, as we've been talking about, to see the surveillance footage. I would love to be able to see the surveillance footage from Mar-a-Lago. That would be interesting. Bring out the popcorn, sit and watch that for nine hours, see where they were going. What were they doing in Melania's dresses? Apparently, they brought a couple safe crackers to open the safe, take everything out of the safe. And it turns out so far now, a lot of the things that they were getting, one was a letter from Kim Jong-un to the president, as if that's a reason to raid a former president's home. So far, it is sounding so overreaching. 1-800-848-9222. Let's go to Steve on line one. Steve, your thoughts. Go ahead. Yeah, three fast things. I have the same thought about the Secret Service and private uh, security. When he was president, he had three separate details. Why was nobody guarding the Mar-a-Lago when, when the family was away? And if they were there, did they stand down to the FBI? Second question, um, perhaps they planted, uh, in other words, maybe everybody's saying, but what about papers they put there or took? Uh, while they're there, what would have prevented them from putting an electronic homing device for later activation, for example, with such things as plausible deniability with uh, armed drones, for instance? Um, but the third thing is, this reminded me of something from history, Rita. Um, the Trump team was negotiating with the Justice Department while they were planning this surprise attack on him. This is what happened in World War II with the Japanese. The State Department was negotiating with the Japanese ambassador for peace and for economic development between the two countries while the Japanese planes were flying en route to Pearl Harbor. Wow, that's interesting. Well, you know, and and listen, I think it's outrageous what happened. Obviously, nowhere near like the attack on Pearl Harbor, but it was definitely a questionable, I think, raid as far as everything we're hearing. Now, by the way, Steve... There probably were some Secret Service down there. They apparently got very little heads up 
Normally, the most secret service, of course, is with the president, and the president, we know, was in Trump Tower in New York. So there probably were a few there, and they would have had to stand down if the FBI showed up, which they did indeed with a warrant. Um, so the FBI basically said, here you go. The attorneys for the Trump team were scrambling coming because they had no idea they were coming. They were told not to observe and to stand away. So there's still a lot of questions. And you're right. Who knows if something was left behind by somebody. I hope they sweep it. The Rita Cosby Show on the Red Apple Podcast Network. This is Greg Kelly for Priority Gold. What does it mean to be America's precious metals dealer? It means that you're in touch with the hearts and minds of those who love this country, value our freedom, and want to protect the future. Priority Gold is that precious metals dealer. They've helped thousands of Americans back their retirement with solid gold and silver. Call Priority Gold at 888-506-6439. Receive free shipping, free storage, a free investment guide, and one of the best purchase experiences in the industry. Call now or go to PriorityGold.com.